I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Welcome to this week's episode. Before we get started, uh, just a reminder that we now have a Lurk Patreon, where for just $5 you can sign up as a loyal lurker, get a shout out, sticker, bonus episodes, and other things like early episodes here and there. I will be adding other incentives as time allows and as I get ideas. $5 in case you're wondering, is just about the cost of a venti Starbucks latte. If you drink venti Starbucks lattes, maybe don't get one one day out of the month and become a patron instead. I mean, you can't even get a meal at McDonald's for $5. And sometimes that gives you digestive issues. Being a Lurk patron won't be an issue for your digestion. So consider helping out the show. Also, don't forget about the Sasquatch Festival happening next month in Sykesville, Maryland. June 24th at Piney Run Park in Sykesville. Lurk will be there along with So Sci-Fi and Beyond and a bunch of other really cool vendors, all to celebrate the Sykesville Monster. We did an episode about the Sykesville Monster a little while ago. It was episode 39 if you're interested in listening to that again. So if you're in the area, make sure you stop by and say hello. Also, is anyone out there watching Skinwalker? The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is the actual title. It is one of the paranormal shows that my entire family, except for my husband and daughter, are really into watching. So we record it on Tuesday when it comes out at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. We record it. And then Thursday night, my husband and daughter have choir practice and we gather at my mom's and we order pizza and we all watch the show together. My grandson uh, is fascinated with it. He is so stoked about watching it. That's all he talks about all week. He was incredibly upset that we weren't binge watching it last week. Um, Anyway, check it out. We did do an episode on Skinwalker. I think they were episodes 9 and 10. That was back when I had a co-host. And uh, we will be revisiting Skinwalker in the future. We will be redoing um, all the history of the area. And also talking about a lot of the newer developments that have come out since they have been filming this new show. Anyway, let's move on to the topic for this week. And quick note, this episode might be a little shorter than usual. The topic is jam-packed with creepy crap, even if it is a little shorter. Not literal crap, but stuff. Creepy stuff. Dolls, specifically. Very creepy, creepy dolls. For this episode, we are heading to Mexico. Specifically, the southern end of Mexico City, to an area called... Xochimilco. Xochimilco is known for its system of canals that total 170 square kilometers, 
or just under 66 square miles. In addition to the canals, there are areas of artificially built land called Chinampas. The Aztecs were the first to start developing the area of Mexico City by building a system of man-made islands. These Chinampas and a canal system for farmers to use for navigation between these islands. After the Aztecs were defeated in the Spanish-Aztec War, the Chinampas were filled in, making what is today Mexico City. Though some canals in Chinampas are still around in the area of Xochimilco. The area is considered a UNESCO World Heritage Site. UNESCO stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, in case you're wondering. During the time of Cortez, many fled to the canals, mostly women and children, hiding from the conquistadors. Many women killed themselves rather than be caught and raped by the Spanish. At times, the area was used as shelter for Mexican revolutionaries and religious practitioners who may have fallen out of favor. Some ended up killed or drowned in the canals. So before we even get into the main part of our episode, the place we're looking at is already full of some violent and tragic history. The rest of the history of the island is intertwined with a man named Don Julian Santana Barrera. Don Julian was a nato of Xochimilco. He was born there in 1921. Sometime around 1950, it's said that he became reclusive and went to live on the island alone. There are a couple of things that are unclear. Some information says that Don Julian left his wife and children behind when he went to live on the island. Other information mentions he and his wife couldn't have children and that she lived on the island with him. Based on how the property was passed to other family members, I'm going to say that for whatever reason, Don Julian's wife was not around and he had no children. So he goes to live on this island that is about an acre in size. There's no running water or electricity on the island still today, and concrete structures are not allowed. So Barrera lived his reclusive life deep in the woods in a wooden shack with no neighbors. He lived a modest and simple life there growing vegetables. One of the reasons given for his move to the island was that he went there for spiritual reasons. Don Julian was a deeply religious man. He spent time traveling to local towns preaching. But in the 1950s, it was presumed that only anointed anointed priests were allowed to preach the gospel. Don Julian's preaching was not looked upon favorably by the Catholic communities he was visiting, and he was beaten up quite a lot. This, of course, led him to be even more reclusive. Not long after sequestering himself on the island, Don Julian finds the body of a little girl. This is where we have some more discrepancies in the story. Some say he found the girl's body in the canal. Another tale, told by his great-nephew, says that the girl was swimming with her sisters and or friends when she was caught in a strong current. Don Julian saw her struggle, jumped in to try to save her, but despite his attempts, she drowned. Because of his deep faith, he buried the girl on the island and marked her grave with a cross. 
There is no record anywhere of the girl or her accident or death. But that isn't really a surprising thing when you remember it's 1950s in a rural place in Mexico. I imagine there was little recorded there on paper. After burying the girl and placing the cross, Julian began experiencing something strange and dark. He began seeing shadows and heard cries, he said, sounded like cries from a soul deep in sorrow. Amongst the cries, he allegedly heard a young girl crying, I want my dolly. He began seeing ghosts in the mornings. Then one day, he woke up to find that all of his crops had died. He tried many things to improve the crops, but nothing worked. He believed that the spirit of the drowned girl was responsible for the failure of his crops. Julian grew more and more afraid. He built an altar in his one-bedroom cabin, hoping to appease the spirit of the girl. But the girl's ghost still came. This all terrified Dodd Julian, as it would any person, so he hung up a doll he found in the canal near her body. That first doll was one wearing a straw hat with sunflowers, and many believe it was a doll that actually belonged to the drowned girl. Don Julian then began to acquire more dolls to hang around the island. He would trade his produce for dolls, collect random dolls he found floating in the canals, and rummage through trash to find them. None of the dolls were new or in one piece. Some are simply torsos with no heads, others are heads with no bodies, and some are just various arms and legs. The dolls are ugly, broken, burnt, mutilated, and deformed. I mean, he got them out of the trash. They were thrown away for a reason. Don Julian believed that hanging the dolls would scare away the soul of the drowned child and other spirits that were haunting him. Despite hanging the dolls around the island, Don Julian still heard the disembodied cries and moans of a young girl. There are, of course, variations of the reasons why he hung the dolls. I mean, I'm sure that it's shocking because there haven't been any variations or discrepancies yet so far. Some said that he was hanging the dolls as a sign of respect for the dead girl, and others said it was to protect himself from the girl's spirit. And still others said that it was to protect the girl's spirit from the other evil spirits and demons in the water. Some people even wondered if Don Julian himself was possessed by the spirit of the young girl. No matter what the reason, Don Julian was hearing voices and whispers, and he would find dolls hanging in a tree other than where he had placed it. He began hearing footsteps and whispers of, I want my doll. In the 1990s, Don Julian recognized that people were curious about the island, and he began supplementing his income by offering tours. Of all the dolls, and there are now over 4,000 of them strung up in the trees or nailed to fences or buildings, there was one that was Don Julian's favorite. It is the only doll with a name, Augustinita. This doll has glasses and a, and a turquoise dress. The locals believe that this doll can perform miracles and helps people with their faith. Don Julian spent the most time with this doll, and it was a companion that he talked to. He also believed that this doll walked around at night. In 2001, 
Don Julian and his nephew were planting pumpkins when Don Julian had a heart attack and died near the same spot where the girl died. Some say that he was found in the water and that the spirit of the girl pulled him in. Some people believe that he drowned. But according to his great-nephew, Rogelio Sanchez Santana, who is now the caretaker of the island, Don Julian died from a heart attack. Upon hearing of his death, tourists flocked to the island to pay tribute to Don Julian by placing dolls in the trees. A black cross and a plaque mark the location of Don Julian's death. There are people who question the validity of the story of the girl. Some wonder if there was ever actually a girl at all, or if Don Julian was hallucinating. Either way, Don Julian believed in the validity of the girl, and of the experiences that he was having, enough to collect deformed dolls and hang them all over his island and home. Even if Don Julian was hallucinating, he wasn't hallucinating everything. Despite his death, the strange occurrences are still happening. Don Julian's great-nephew has said that he has heard strange whispers and has seen strange shadows around the island. He has even heard the sound of a man walking with a cane, thumping, just like Don Julian walked in life. The island has become a popular tourist attraction, so much so that there is at least one other island nearby that's trying to pass itself off as the real island of the dolls. But there's only one original. Visitors to the island are allowed to bring dolls to leave there, but whatever you do, don't try to take one home with you. I mean, I don't know why you would want to take some nasty, dirty, torso-less, one-eyed doll head home, but to each his own. I do not recommend it. Never take an object from a haunted location. It is never a good idea. I'm speaking from experience. I may have gone and investigated a vacant lot where there used to be a convent, and I might have found a metal decorative cross thing in the ground in the dirt, and I might have taken it home, and then I might have had these terrifying nightmares of nuns for weeks until I gave the thing to my brother's friend. I also experienced the bed shaking. So don't ever take anything home from a haunted location. Not a good idea. Definitely don't take some nasty, dirty, headless doll home with you from the island of the dolls. If you take one, I'm sure you'll be haunted or cursed or both, but it didn't say exactly what would happen. We don't really know what happens, because everyone who took a doll home died a gruesome death. I'm kidding. I have absolutely no idea if anyone actually ever took one home or whatever happened to them. Anyway, in addition to the whispers and shadows, visitors say the dolls blink and move their heads, watching visitors as they walk around the island. One visitor said, If now during the day you feel like, I don't know, a little weird now, imagine at night when everything is in, is in silence. You hear a strange noise. I don't know. I would not sleep over here, not even if I was paid. In addition to the dolls, there are said to be a large number of feral cats and spiders inhabiting the island. That's a big old nope on Spider Island for me. Can you imagine seeing a giant spider crawling out of the open mouth of a decaying doll head with one eye? 
Yeah, no thanks. You can still visit the island. The only way there is on a colorful ferry from Embar Embar Embarcadero... I didn't, I didn't look up the pronunciation for this, so I'm going to butcher it and I'm going to apologize. Embarcadero Cumancor or Embarcadero Fernando Saleda. You need to ask to be taken to the island, and many ferry operators won't go because of the weird energy. They also claim the dolls try to lure and possess them. I think they're probably right. There are more things on that island than dolls, spiders, and cats. Personally, I think Don Julian was most likely suffering from an undiagnosed mental illness of some kind. Most likely. But there's still the chance that something possessed Don Julian, or that the hauntings drove him crazy. I don't know, it's all crazy. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can find Lurk on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever it is that you listen to your other favorite podcasts. You can also find Lurk episodes on LurkPodcast.com, along with links to our social media accounts. We're on TikTok too now, but I'm old, so I'm still figuring that all out. If you have any suggestions for topics, please feel free to email us at LurkPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our other two events that we have going on are August 26th in Reynoldsville, Pennsylvania, and September 30th at Whitehall, New York. So mark your calendars and stop by if you're in the area. And until next time, keep lurking.